Why is it when we get a nutrition client who fills out their check-in form in detail and on time, we have this secret little clouds parting, angels singing moment? Why is that not the case for every single client we work with? How can we get our clients to care about filling in their check-in forms for us? I'm gonna teach you exactly how to level up your check-in process so that your clients actually look forward to filling this out for you. They give you the exact information that you need to run a most effective coaching session and how to get out of the vanilla check the box check-in framework so that you can give your clients the ability to feel fully seen, heard, and supported through every step of their client journey. Hi, I'm Laura, host of Expand, the podcast for coaches who crave more fulfillment in the work that they do, more meaningful results in the clients they serve, and more confidence to rebel against the traditional boxes our coaching industry has placed us in so we can expand into the bigness of what we're truly capable of. When you're ready, let's jump right in. When I first started as a coach, I really struggled with this. I would I would use the template that I got from my nutrition certification and I would send that to every client, you know, the day before, two days before their designated check-in day, and lo and behold, no one would fill it out and I would have to go chasing people down for their check-ins because I didn't feel confident enough to run an effective coaching session without it yet, right? So what can we do when our clients just refuse to check in with us? The first thing you need to understand is that these clients aren't just resisting the check-in process. They don't care about it because we didn't pre-frame them to care about it. People are inherently selfish, right? People inherently only care about what's in it for them, which is why when our clients don't fill out the check-in form, we care a lot because there's a lot in it for us. So how can we make sure that these clients understand why this is meaningful for them? Okay, that's step number one. Pre-framing the check-in needs to happen in order for the client to ever adhere to that protocol. So when you're intaking a new client, helping them to understand that this check-in, it's really about helping them begin to self-identify what's going right and what's going wrong, where we need to grow and where we've regressed, right? It's getting them to self-identify the off-scale victories that they're having and figuring out why that's meaningful to what we're doing. It really is an important part of the process to get them to a place where they no longer need us. It's like training wheels for them, right? They're not always going to have to do a written or a typed check-in form for themselves every single week, but we're training the process into them so that when things go the way that they expect or they don't, they're able to reflect and make decisions moving forward that support the life that they wanna be living. I wanna help you understand why this check-in is so much more important than just getting your clients to give you good information and how this can really impact the growth of your business and how you feel about what you're creating. The first thing is that when your clients take the check-in process seriously, they are alleviating a ton of mental bandwidth for you as the coach, right? How much energy and time do you spend thinking about what's going on with your clients and where are they at and are they progressing? Are they happy? Are they frustrated? We do that naturally as coaches because we want them to reach their goals and we want them to feel really great working with us. But what if your clients checked in with you every week and they told you all of that information so you were never worried or guessing or obsessing over it? 
Think about all of the other things you could be doing while you're stuck sitting, waiting, and chasing down clients for an incomplete check-in. A ton. The second thing is it really does just give you what you need so that in session you can make the best decisions possible for your client. When you go into sessions without any pre-frame around where they're at, where they struggled, where they succeeded, what they need from you, it's really difficult to wade through a coaching session without getting pulled in whatever direction the client's decides to steer the ship in. You've probably experienced this when you get on a call with a client and they start telling you about this thing that happened and then that thing that happened and they're really struggling here and they really are stuck over there. But if you have an effective check-in, you can eliminate all of that and you can enter the conversation with direction and with certainty that you know where you need to take your client in order to get them where they wanna go. And yes, hold space for them to express what's going on in their life, but not allow the client to hijack the conversation and steer it whichever way their emotions want them to. Lastly, it takes the pressure off of you, okay? You are not supposed to be everything for your client. You aren't supposed to fix everything for them either. In, in the check-in that I'm about to teach you how to run, they're going to actually start problem solving for you. They're going to start thinking creatively. They're going to start self-identifying the areas that are of the most turbulent in their life and where we need to focus our energy with them. It's not up to us to be the fixer teacher all of the time. Sure, there's a time and a place for that, but more than anything, you are a guide. You are a space holder for them to really look at their life and explore what is serving them and what is absolutely not. Okay, the five check-in questions that you need to implement right now, starting with number one, how do you feel about what you accomplished over the last seven days? Where did you succeed? Where did you struggle and why? Now this sounds like a question you probably have on your check-in form already, but there's a small key difference that makes a huge impact in where the dialogue goes. The word feels is key because what this does is it subconsciously triggers them to explore internally what their experience was rather than looking externally for evidence to support the fact that yes, they succeeded, check, or no, they failed, X. Okay, so when you ask this question, we are really just exploring with them, how did it feel when you succeeded? How did it feel when you failed? And why? right? Let's get curious around that because if we can start to identify how these situations, how these environments, how these outcomes are making them feel, we can get closer to the root of the problem perhaps, or we can start to attach new meanings to what's really happening for them as they progress so that they continue to want to do the things that they're succeeding at. The second question is, what do you believe the obstacles were that you faced that caused you to struggle in whatever scenarios they just listed for you? Okay, the key word here is believe. We want to, again, subconsciously trigger them to turn inwards and go, yeah, what do I think were my obstacles? Rather than looking externally and going, I was too busy, this person didn't do what they said they were gonna do, I didn't have time, I didn't have ingredients, whatever. They turn internally and go, why did I allow those to be obstacles? What, what was it about those scenarios that felt challenging for me and why? This is a much deeper way to approach the obstacle question because ultimately it allows them to shift into this place of internal reflection and asking themselves, what is the cause of these obstacles in my life? Why am I allowing these things to be present 
And is that something that is going to be with me forever? Is, is this something that I'm perceiving to be a permanent fixture in my life? Or is it movable? Is it flexible? Can I make adjustments so that this doesn't have to be an obstacle next time I'm faced with this same scenario? The fourth question is, what would a win look and feel like for you this week? And why would that be meaningful for you? This is such a great reframe on this question rather than just saying, what are your goals this week? Because we wanna attach that deep-rooted, emotionally-driven meaning to everything that they're doing, and we want them to understand what role this action is really playing in getting them where they actually wanna be in their life. It's not just a matter of, I wanna eat protein at every meal this week. Rad, that's cool. Why is that meaningful for you? What is that gonna give you? Is that going to allow you to feel more recovered from your workouts? Is that going to give you more energy? Is that gonna make you feel more satiated? Why is that important for the life you wanna live? Right? You don't wanna be snacking on things in between meals because that's distracting from your work and you don't have time, but you're hungry and when you're hungry, you don't have the energy to perform at your best, right? Where's the leverage? Where's the leverage and why is that meaningful for them? And then also, why, what would that make you feel like? Let's use some visualization. Why would winning at this this week make you feel X, Y, Z way? And why is that a part of your journey? Why do you want to feel that way in your life? Why is that meaningful for you? So essentially, this, this question is so crucial because we're essentially stripping away all the external um, crap that they're taught that they should be working towards and we're turning inwards and we're asking them, cool, we can do that, but we can't do it if we don't attach an internal meaning to it because otherwise it's just a temporary thing that you're not gonna stick to forever. Okay, the next question is, what do you believe that you need to focus on this week in order to be successful at accomplishing that thing that they just self-identified? Okay, so now, again, we're looking through their lens. We're looking through their model of the world. What do they think they need to focus on? What is it that they think that they need to do in order to eat protein at every meal? What they think and what you think may not be the same thing, right? You might be thinking strategically with like an evidence-based protocol to back up your suggestion, whatever. They might be thinking completely differently. I need to find new recipes that include protein so that I don't get bored with what I'm eating. Cool, that could be something, um, but maybe that's overcomplicating it. Maybe we need to also get to the grocery store. Maybe we also need to let protein not have to be the star of the meal and like jazz it up with some veggies and stuff and just focus on getting in sources that feel good for you. So it's not a matter of you know, making sure that they see things the exact same way you do. It's a matter of understanding how do they perceive that they need to approach this so that they can be successful and opening up the ability for you to address it if it's not aligned with how they want to live, right? In order for you to get protein in at every meal, every single week, you need new recipes. Is that true for you? Is that how you want to be living your life? Or would you rather learn how to cook proteins really simply and enjoy them in that way? Like, let's talk about that. So this question is really important to understand where they're actually creating roadblocks for themselves perhaps or where they're focusing on the wrong things and from your perspective and opening yourself up to explore maybe that is something that will help them it, it wouldn't help me but maybe it'll help them or offering them guidance in a new direction 
And then the last and most important question is from your perspective, how can I best support you this week? This is a question we do not ask enough as coaches. Guess what? They know, they know what they want. And by asking this question and then delivering on what it is they ask you for, you are instantly increasing your perceived value, okay? So many coaches do so many things for all of their clients because they want them to feel fully supported. Instead of us just asking them, what do you need from me? And not worrying about trying to do everything for everyone. It frees up a ton of time, it frees up a ton of mental bandwidth, and it makes sure that every client feels fully seen, heard, and supported by you in the way that they perceive to be the most valuable. So ask this question every single week and then explore, is that something that you want to do for them? And if it's not, why is it that they think that they need that, right? If they say, I would really like you to text me three times a day, you're not going to do that. Why is it you think that you need me to do that, right? This is a really great access point to explore other areas that they think they need support in their life in order to be successful that may not actually be true for them. It's just coming from a place of fear, um, of resistance, and of not trusting themselves. So whether or not the support they're asking for is something you're prepared to give, this is a massively important question to make sure that you are supporting them in the areas that they feel that they need it in order to be successful. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want more, I'd love if you'd subscribe to my show wherever you get your podcasts. Good karma points for also leaving a review while you're at it. And lastly, if you're looking to dive even deeper, you'll find a ton of free workshops, mini trainings, and the details on my mentorship program, Trigger Mapping, over at laurapobrin.com. See you next time.